0: Let's stop with the um, the pleasantries. I will, although I will remain pleasant as long as there remains coffee in this cup, and run the intro graphic and just get right down to business. So, hi everyone! Happy Friday. Uh, some of you guys might have been anticipating watching my other podcast before, but I didn't have it because I was too busy doing too many awesome things. And so it's just the Dash podcast today, which is it's still a great thing to focus on. Um, And oh, one time already says he has a very long question for Glenn. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, but speaking of which, so I have the wonderful pleasure of speaking with the one and only Glenn Austin, CFO of the Dash core team. How's it going, man? I'm I'm excellent. How are you doing? Pretty good. Very busy. A lot of stuff going on. A lot of different things to juggle. But you know how that is. Um, yeah. Everyone, let me know if the sound's coming through great. Let me so, know if the the visuals are fine. There might be a little bit of a lag because there sometimes is. But I'm also doing other stuff on the computer right now that might be slowing it down. So let me know if you have some any kind of suffering from that kind of thing. And as always... Cointr.e slash the desert links. You can leave any questions, comments, or just um, fun little tips in there. And of course, please feel feel free to engage in the, the the free live chat. But you know, I'll be less less amenable to answering those questions, although if they're relevant, of course, I'm gonna I'm not gonna let you guys down. So, um, yeah, let's just sort of jump right into it. So, in the past couple of years, past few years, you've kind of not just not only just done the CFO role, but you've taken on a whole lot of, um, of what is it? HR type roles. And yeah, so that's a great place to start. So how many people did Dash Core group have at its peak that you could remember in the, the gray 2017, 2018 bull run. And then where did they go at the, the bottom of it and kind of what was the which were the, um, I would say the losses, I guess, but the difference, where did the difference make up between the big peak and then where we ended up at the very bottom of this most recent bear market?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Happy to jump into, into those numbers. In 2017, 2018, I would say we peaked at just around 50 people. Mm -hmm. Um, They were, you know, spread across a number of different functions. A lot of them were developers, but we also had marketing, business development, um, strategy, some admin roles as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and then through the bear market, you know, through a variety of actions, be it, you know, not replacing people who were leaving or even having Mm -hmm. to actually actively reduce staff. We ended up bottoming out at about 25 people or so. Um, Mm -hmm. and we entered 2021 with roughly 25 people, um, you know, besides my role as CFO, I mm-hmm. kind of took on the role of a lot of the legal and regulatory type of activities. And I also started doing a lot of the HR activities, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in 2021, we ended up ramping up pretty quickly. Um, we doubled in size, right? So we went from 25 to back to 50 to um, mm-hmm. so kind of that watermark that we reached back in the, back in the bull run of 2017. 2018. Um, And we've added, you know, an HR specialist on our end and, you know, another 24 positions and, you know, kind of happy to jump through kind of who those people were and and what they do at Dashcore.
0: Yeah. Well, let's, let's start, you know, obviously it's build hope and positivity as the thing goes on. Let's start with all the negative stuff, right? Which is just the, decrease in the staff which at this point is such old news that it's not like people are going to be all get feelies about those but so generally speaking which were the positions that suffered the most like kind of where did they where did they end up falling off in most directions was it mostly developers was it mostly marketing was it mostly biz dev like how did that tend to tend to fall out as far as the losses
1: i would say it was pretty proportional throughout the organization that said, we didn't have that many people within, you know, marketing or biz dev, or strategy, or even product. So, you know, we as an absolute number, we probably lost the most devs. But in terms mm-hmm. of percentage of the organization, it was definitely the, the non-technical folks who, who suffered the most. And most of the positions were lost with people actually leaving. And us not backfilling them but there Mm -hmm. were a couple of reductions that we we had to make otherwise you know dash core group's reserves weren't going to cover us you know two months out or three months out um barring a miracle so um and those were the most painful i would say so yeah you definitely started with the with the negative topic and those were not fun times at
0: all yeah and so it's sounding like, you know, as raw numbers, it was more developers, but as far as a percentage, it was definitely not. And obviously as a tech company, Dash Core Group is developer heavy. Um, and I mean, it's not really a question and definitely not in specifically your warehouse, but I'm, I'm, I'm almost wondering out loud, like what kind of, if platform delays were partially as a result of not having enough staff and obviously it's not really a, know a choice and it's also water under the bridge but uh, at least that, that if that could have been a problem that won't necessarily be a problem in the future so now we're going to the now it's pump season right and so we yeah. got more we got a lot more resources and then we've hired on a lot more people so uh you want to just go through who's been hired on maybe even name names like because a lot of these people are just new to the community and people don't even know But just start, just do a rundown of like the new people who are brought on board. And then also which positions you're still looking for, if any.
1: Right. So I'm probably not going to go with names. There are just Mm -hmm. so many. And then people Mm -hmm. I forget to mention will reach out and say, hey, what about me? But, Mm. you know, there are 17 software engineers that we added um, Mm. in the last six months. So that's literally people who are out there coding. Mm -hmm. So that that's a huge that that's huge for us right that more than doubles our our actual tech department um and quantum sam you know who's been named cto Mm -hmm. has done an excellent job managing them and um i'm just really happy with the progress we've had there um besides that four were added in what i'm calling like technology support so those Mm -hmm. are the people who are you know product managers or project managers or do QA, right, so they don't do the actual coding, but they are technical, and they frequently interact with the technical team. So Mm -hmm. I actually consider them part of you know, the infrastructure team or the technology team, they fall right in there. And then four were within, you know, admin, business development and marketing. So you know, as I mentioned, there was um, an HR specialist, we hired, there was a biz dev person um, that's been focused on Brazil. And then in um, 2021, we also hired our CMO and um, a content um, developer as well. So um, content manager, I guess, technically is his his role. So, you know, we've added all those roles and we now have kind of slowed down um, our hiring. We are, you know, our run rate is pretty close. To um, the current price of Dash. It's a little bit, our run rate is about 130 or so. Um, mm-hmm. So we're roughly break even on a month to month basis, though we are still putting away some money into reserves. Um, and we have two remain, or three actually um, open positions left, right? So two of them are again in the tech world, one is a Rust developer. Um, the other one, I believe, is a C++ developer, but don't quote me on it. You can go to dash.org jobs and take a look at that. And please apply. We are always looking for talent, right? Mm-hmm. And then the third position is a, um, I think it's a WordPress developer to kind of help out with our with our website. So again, if anyone has those skills please apply, we have been looking for someone in that role for a while now, and it, it, for some reason it has been challenging to fill that position.
0: The Which was that one that you mentioned? The, the
1: WordPress one, so the person who is helping out with our, with our website and with some of the content and all that.
0: Yeah. yeah, I wonder why, do you have any speculations as to why that might be, that, that that's a hard one because I kind of, you know, back in the early days i did a lot of stuff with wordpress i was just doing sites but i wasn't really a developer and then i did mm-hmm. go to a word camp at one point with some you know the WordPress like hackathon or whatever to learn right. a little bit more even though i was still at the very basic sort of level mm-hmm. and it's as far as develop like i consider myself like a monkey and if i could figure it out <laughs> like within some training i figured yeah. that you know it should be easier than like maybe a rust developer um but i'm just wonder maybe it's just you don't have a lot of it is it a crypto specific wordpress develop does it require something to or is it just a general purpose one and just there's just not a lot not a lot of them out there especially not for like those price ranges or whatever
1: it, it might be a price issue it also mm-hmm. is an initiative issue i've heard a lot of feedback where you know someone would come to the interview and we would say okay you know you're applying to develop our website What do you think of the website? How is it looking? What suggestions do you have to improve it? And a number of candidates hadn't even gone to the website. And it's difficult to, you know, hire someone who hasn't even bothered Mm. to check what their job would be theoretically, right. (laughs) So
0: That's a very low bar. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. at least go to the website, right? So yeah. if you can't pass that bar, it's kind of like, it, it's it's hard to justify hiring someone. So I think that's a component. Price might be a component. Um, I don't know how high it is on the priority list as well. So I'm sure it's a combination of all of these factors.
0: Okay, well, if you know WordPress anyone, come out there and, and figure it out. Then as for Rust, I'm assuming that should be doable to fill. there's it's a popular language a lot of people know about it a lot of people in crypto are doing rust so may, maybe it could be a little bit of a of a competition between uh, developers on you know different projects but it also just could be you know that we're going to find someone. How's your audio by the way Glenn kind of spaced out there for a second well um i assume glenn will be back in just a little bit i'm um, sorry about that guys but in the meantime um i remember a few of you were trying to ask specific questions about um i remember one time i was trying to ask a rather longer one um, so Spade says, "I'm studying WordPress. I have one year left at university. That's awesome. Nice. Is that your primary, um, that your primary study area, Spade? Because um, if so, that would be cool and that would work right in. I kind of. So for those who don't know, Spade, he has been in he's been in the Dash community recently, and has been running around doing just about everything. Like very active on Twitter." making videos things like that and oh hey you're back glenn how's it going good good yeah it's just a a brief um i guess outage on your side or whatever but basically um i was just going over how spade i don't know if you've seen him run around the discord but he's in the comments and he's studying he's got one year left studying wordpress at university and so that would be awesome if (laughs) it might be a little premature maybe um Maybe you need a more seasoned developer at this point, but I was just giving shade a shout out because he's been very active on Twitter, making YouTube videos and all that kind of stuff for dash. so very appreciative of that.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Have him reach out directly to me, Glenn at dash.org and and happy to pick up the conversation from there.
0: Yeah, definitely on that. Um, And then we were just talking about rust and is it just been hard to fill? Or is it just, you filled a lot of positions and there's just one left and it's only a matter of time kind of thing
1: um we filled a junior rust position and that Mm -hmm. was relatively easy i think it's a little bit harder to fill the current one because that's the advanced one like we really want someone who's had a number of years there who really knows what they're doing i think Mm -hmm. we have narrowed it down now and we might be making an offer pretty soon if we haven't already but even if we have, that position will still be open because I'm pretty sure we need two advanced skilled, um, yeah, or, you know, Rust developers with advanced skills. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Uh, now, Rust, is Rust a really new language or has it just become more popular lately?
1: From what I understand, and I'm non-technical, um, it's become more popular lately and a lot of blockchains are now using it because mm-hmm. it's pretty versatile and there are a lot of things you can do with it but again I'm, I'm out of my depth if we start talking about rust from from a technical perspective
0: yeah so that basically rounds out a lot of areas now basically that means the dash core group now has the staffing necessary to build a robust platform and deliver it on time maintain core and maintain technical support and integrations and things like that for major partners. Would that be kind of an accurate overall assessment? I
1: would say it's an accurate assessment. I think we can add another engineer or two to the integrations piece. I -hmm. think right now all hands are on deck to push out platform and to, you know, keep up on the core end with all the Bitcoin backports, I think mm-hmm. we've de-emphasized some of the partnerships and integrations where we, we kind of had a couple of developers in the past um, dedicated mm-hmm. to that on a full-time basis. I don't think we have any right now on a full-time basis for that particular mm-hmm. role. So that would be one role that you know we might want to hire for in the future um, You know, if, if budget or, or price allows.
0: Yeah. I mean, that'd be nice. Uh, yeah. and then as far as business development, um, remind me again, there were, there was a, a Latin American, um, uh, person added for Brazil specifically. And is that the only biz dev acquisition?
1: That, that is the only biz dev acquisition. Yes.
0: And then as far as the marketing department concerned, is how many people right now that you, you can think of off the top of your head. So two. All right. So we got two people there. And so in a lot of ways, it's still a relatively lean team. I mean, it's very beefy on the um, on the developer side, as it definitely should be, because as Dash produces Dash Core Group produces software, and that's the main thing that Dash would market to people anyways Mm -hmm. and build integrations that kind of make sense. And the good thing in all that is that there's other groups like the Dash Incubator. I've noticed recently the Dash Incubator's been producing a few back ports at least for for Dash Core, in addition to of course all the other stuff that they do. And mm-hmm. of course, uh the newsroom has been promoting launches and things when they're there. And of course the marketing hub we're really gearing up to do some heavy lifting on the um the Dash Direct virtual MasterCard launch thing. And course, more, more information about that later. But right now, for Dash Core Group, so the staffing has been rounded out back to like a complete team. Uh, now, how are finances looking for right now and then into the next few
1: years? Sure. So I'll cover this in a lot more detail um, in a couple mm-hmm. of weeks when we have our quarterly call. Yeah. Um, as I mentioned already, you know we are roughly break even mm-hmm. from a compensation perspective um in terms of how much revenue we bring in for compensation and what our expenses yeah. are um, our break even is about 130 dollars um, per dash and you know we're sitting right now at a price of 142 so we are putting away money into our reserves mm-hmm. our reserves are the highest they've ever been in u.s dollar terms so mm-hmm. we're sitting right now at about eight months of reserves um, when it relates to compensation and you know in the past we've kind of communicated hey we really want to get to that six month reserve threshold we reach yeah. that the next um kind of target would be at 12 months and then i frankly don't think dash core Group should go above that 12 month threshold as far as reserves go mm-hmm. because as you can imagine every time we add a dollar to reserves um that basically implies that we had some net income that was generated that period and mm-hmm. we have to pay taxes on that net income right mm. so um you know with every dollar you put away into reserve you have to pay a certain amount to the government and i don't think we need more than 12 months of reserve in order to yeah. function you know competently
0: yeah so you got 12 months of reserves and so
1: we are we're at 8 months now
0: Yes, so you're at eight months now and you're hoping to get towards more 12 months. So let's hope the, the bull market sustains and mm-hmm. that gets reached in relatively short order. But yeah. we're we're talking about reserves and that's not purely runway. So like it's not like at some point in April, let's just say, the price of Dash goes to zero after that, literally literal zero, and then you can keep cranking out code for 12 months or so or eight months and then it's over. Yeah. Um, obviously this is something you dip into in supplementing uh, a proposal last that would be con- you know, ongoing so um first off before we go into the um well let, yeah, let's just go straight into that part first uh as far as how much runway is there um obviously so the low point of the last bear market was what, was at 32 or 38 or something like that
1: yeah for like he a, was 30s but it was brief so we cash out dash roughly once Mm -hmm. a week and i don't remember cashing out dash for anything less than 55 in that entire period
0: yeah so basically somewhere around 60 might have been like a a bear market level for the price Mm -hmm. so let's just assume that we get to a let's just say you know for for purposes right it just goes the price ends up going to 60 like straight away to 60. So yeah. So if with 60 and the eight month reserve, I guess um, Mm -hmm. how long would that last? If it was the usual dash core group ask month after month at $60 dash, and then also eating into the reserves to make up the difference, how long would that last until you got to start making some adjustments?
1: So I'll I'll simplify that just a little bit. Let's make it 65, which is exactly half of our break even right now. So yeah, with nice 65, <laughs> we could last 16 months without making a single change to our structure whatsoever. Now, mm-hmm. it's unrealistic to think we wouldn't make any changes at 60. I think if mm-hmm. we're sitting at 60, you know, I we probably don't do anything for the first couple of months, four or five months maybe. But mm-hmm. If we continue sitting there, we start taking small actions, right? So if yes. somebody leaves maybe we don't replace that decision, right? It might not be critical. Um, Mm -hmm. We would, you know, some of the current 130. It includes um, the three positions we're recruiting for right now, right? So probably want to freeze opening positions and freeze actual hiring. Mm -hmm. Um, That right there will already bring down our expense run rate as well. Um, And then kind of like there's some more dire things we can do. That would probably Mm -hmm. be taken a year from now or a year and three months depending where we are and that would be you know again going to the dash core group team and asking for folks who would like to volunteer right Mm -hmm. we had a lot of people raise their hand during the last bear market and say hey i'll volunteer i'm not going to get paid um as much as we agreed i would be um i'm basically taking a salary right. Mm-hmm. And there were a number of people who did that. And they were instrumental in having us survive that bear market, right. And then the last step there would obviously be, you know, some type of reduction um, in mm-hmm. terms of staff. But again, that, that would probably be two years from now, if we were averaging $60, um, in terms of our cash out price for the next two years. So again, from a sustainability standpoint, um, we were in really good shape relative to, you know, 2018, 2019, 2020, or even last year.
0: Yeah. And so that'd be two years at like a half price thing, which, you know, would be rather unfortunate if it ended up being that way. Um, now what about, what are some other projections? Like, let's just say if it's below 60, that's a, that's a very, um, I guess unprecedented thing. It'd mean that like with the crypto markets going up, the next bear market would be like more, uh, more annoyingly low. And so that would be a really bad sign. So that's obviously a different contingencies come into play there. Um, So what would it be like? Let's just say 90 averaging $90 dash, like halfway between there kind of like. Yeah.
1: So at 90 and a hundred, we, don't really change much for another year. In a mm-hmm. year, we will look at, hey, this is where we are. Mm-hmm. W- what should we start doing something? But I'm assuming a lot of things will change in the next year. I'm, I'm pretty optimistic and bullish around, you know, even, you know, the platform release that's coming in 2022, the Thor chain integration, like there, are all, all the some mm-hmm. of the business development and marketing initiatives we're working on, like, I just, I it would take a pretty deep bear market for us to get to 60 and even at, you know, 90 or a hundred, um, it means like something really didn't go that well. Right. So yeah. uh, I, I'm in the bullish camp here right now. Um, in the past we've spoken I maybe I haven't been as bullish, but right mm-hmm. now I'm feeling pretty good about where we are.
0: Yeah. But that's interesting. Um, uh, market sentiment is, like i have based each passing year and i've been in crypto for close to a decade like nine years or so and in that time each passing year i am feel less comfortable in giving people even an unofficial prediction for where the markets and prices of especially specific assets will be at in over the next few years it just it's gone so much more chaotic and Um, for example, Dash had an epic bull run in 2017 and an epic correction after that. And if you look at, if you kind of factor out that giant pump, it's been, you know, it's been doing all right. You know, if you kind of, but in the context of that giant pump, it's just like, wow. And there are a few things that I'm sure we have to, again, pure speculation on my part, but I'm pretty sure a lot of that had to deal with, uh, just the relative lack of dash has never been good at generating noise, but the relative lack of noise in the space made it easier for someone to just scroll down and be like, Oh, look at what these guys are doing. But more importantly, the master node rush, the gold rush, right? Where yeah. people are like, I buy a master and I'm set for life. I spent 10 grand on a node. And then yeah. like, I'm just like set for life. And mm. you know, that up and down. And that's kind of a once in a lifetime, sort of a, a pump. And right. so I guess we could, you know expect much more realistic growth in the future but Mm -hmm. you know who even knows who knows if like one thing that's been difficult to sort of wrap our heads around have been you look at transaction volumes for something like bitcoin in the 2013 and pre times and stuff and you start to see dash's biggest success moments as far as price were accompanied by a a significantly lower amount of blockchain activity than Bitcoin at similar prices because of it. It's you know, hard. You know, people don't like to say that dash is hyped the H word, right? But there was a lot of yeah. speculative money thrown, which isn't necessarily saying hype, but there's yeah. a lot of speculative money being thrown at dash that they're saying, we see the technology, we see what they're working on. This is going to be huge in the future. Well, and, it might be who it'll be very interesting to see where the price growth goes from there, because I have a feeling that our days are behind us as a speculative engine and or at least primarily as such. And every other bit of growth will have to be earned and not to say speculation isn't earned, but I'm just saying it'll have to be more like, well, people are buying it to do useful things with it. Mm-hmm. So that'll be very interesting to see. I have no idea if, it's just going to stay around, you know, the 1 to 200 range for a few years and then start growing after that or who knows if it's going to go astronomical in the next couple of months and like get to like 2000 or something and then kind of do a repeat pattern. Mm-hmm. Oh, who knows if it's even going to go like just go down to 60 and then like 40 or something and hang out there for a while, you know, heaven forbid. But it's very, you know, it's crazy we don't really know what the markets would do, but you know, I kind of salute you uh, for planning something very concrete around something very like uh, I guess, ethereal.
1: Yeah. And that has been, I would say the most challenging part of my role is we have all this revenue coming in, right? A hundred percent of it coming in in dash, right? Mm -hmm. And then we have all our expenses or all of our liabilities denominated in us dollar. Right, so managing that volatility in Dash um, and making sure that we can meet our obligations from a liability perspective, it's been it's been interesting and challenging, and I really believe we've worked out like a pretty strong methodology on on what to do there. Mm-hmm. Um, so one example, for example, um, is that we've taken all of our um, reserves, the, mm-hmm. the two point, you know, the 2.5, roughly $3 million that I've referred to previously. Um, and we've taken the majority of it and invested it, right? So we've yeah, invested that, it was, into,
0: that was on the agenda too. I was going to ask you that this is, this is interesting stuff in my yeah. opinion.
1: So we invested it in equity and equity like products. Right. Um, and I think that's in philosophical alignment with the network, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you get into dash because you believe that USD does not reflect a good store of wealth or value. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of been borne out in experience. I mean, I think inflation um, came out for 2021 on Monday or Tuesday, and it clocked in mm-hmm. at around 7%. So if I'm holding $3 million just in us dollars, I've paid a penalty, right, of what, $210,000 just because I was holding USD, right? Mm -hmm. I've been immediately off the bat penalized from that. So um, because our liabilities are denominated in US dollars, we want to invest it in something that what I'm going to call safe equity, right? So we're looking at... um, we're overweight utilities, we're overweight REITs, we're overweight companies that kind of produce real things and create real assets, right? The mm-hmm. overwhelming theme is, you know, we're looking at companies that take inputs and then produce outputs and they slap a price premium on their products, right? And mm-hmm. we believe, over well, the medium to long-term, that type of portfolio will outperform um, just holding US dollars. So, yeah. you know, People might say, hey, but you know, do you really want to be investing in the traditional finance system or equities and all that? Um, And is it risky? And then if I compare kind of the risk profile of equities to the risk profile and the volatility of crypto, which is where we get mm-hmm. all of our revenue from. it's almost like equities are risk free in a way you know yeah R- relatively speaking, the volatility in equities is so low compared to cryptocurrency that it might as well be um, risk free for, for, for the purposes of this exercise. So you know we, we just moved into that like, probably in the last six months and mm-hmm. you know we've generated um, a little bit of return over the last six months, which, which is good because it kind of diversifies our, our revenue stream um for, from just purely taking in um funding from the dash network to now also you know generating some return from from the assets we hold
0: it's interesting because that's like a diff style thing almost where you give money to the diff and they invest it in things that which have supposedly out i would imagine outperformed at least usd but definitely dash you mm-hmm. know in you know in terms of performance of course the diff is a completely different conversation i've you know, it seems like Valkyrie's done quite well by them. It seems like, um, I don't know, I don't have any visibility on BitFi, but it seems like Crepe is certainly, the equity there is certainly paid off, but more importantly, the product that got created as a result and all that, which is, is going to be interesting. But, so as far as the breakdown, before we go into, like, um, first, equities. So equities are, what is, like, the the projected rate of return on, like, the, the equities and forgive me for dumb kind of questions because I, my experience in investing is all entirely in crypto because, you know, that's just kind of, you know, I'm learning about the new finance, the old financial system retrospective to the new one. So like, what's the kind of returns we tend to get on like the US dollar amounts in there?
1: As a rule of thumb, pension Mm -hmm. plans will use a benchmark of roughly 8% per year in equity. Um, but with a lot of volatility around that, right. So it can clock yeah. in at 20 to 30%. I would say 30% is a really good year. And then mm-hmm. from a drawdown perspective or, you know, negative return, you know, it could 30, 40, even 50%, you don't typically see equity crashes over 50%. Like those are
0: Catastrophic. We had a little, another little interruption. It must be something in the air over there where you know, I'm not going to assume, I'm not going to tell the whole world where he lives necessarily, but oh, there we go. You're back. Um, yeah, you say I catastrophic don't... 50%. That's yeah. the last thing.
1: Right. Um, very different from crypto where in crypto catastrophic, I would say is 95 to 99%. Right. Yeah. That's actually happened.
0: Yes. 50% is an Elon Musk tweet. You know, yeah. yeah, which is which is crazy that Dogecoin is pumping again because, as sword probably is a joke, the Tesla store started selling a couple items for Dogecoin, yeah. and like one of them's like a silver Texas style belt buckle with a Tesla logo that's only purchasable with Doge. And yeah. <laughs> wait, like I I am not I'm not mad at at all. That's just it is what it is. It's just yeah. they're <laughs> they're doing they're having some fun and you know it works. Um, yeah yeah so we're talking about like the equity so somewhere around eight percent maybe um and so holding usd reserves is zero percent on top of the usd or rather it's been like seven percent inflation a year how much has it been um and people don't really understand that it's not just a constant inflation it's like a there's volatility too it's not guaranteed the emission rate of the us dollar is not guaranteed Uh, So as far as a percentage breakdown of Dash Core Group reserves, what percentage is literal like cash of the bank? What percentage is in Dash at any one time? And what percentage is in equities? And I assume it's just between those three categories.
1: Yeah, it's those three categories. So we have about Mm -hmm. a million in USD and or fixed income type products and when i say Mm -hmm. fixed income we're not investing in bonds right where Mm -hmm. there's a negative real rate of return and as interest rates go up this year you'll actually Mm -hmm. lose money on bonds it's more like it's it's basically us dollars um so that's a million there um and out of that million probably half a million over the next year will be redeployed into equities we wanted Mm -hmm. to slowly get in um to kind of you know diversify the timing we if we take yeah. the equity at the same time you kind of can get killed if the, the mm-hmm. timing is bad so we're kind of you know dollar cost averaging our way in we already have roughly 2 million deployed inequities mm-hmm. and then from the network we get almost three thousand Dash um a month currently and um you know after using that dash to pay off invoices and, um, you know, reimburse expenses and all that. We end up mm-hmm. liquidating the balance of that dash, um, throughout the month, um, leading up to kind of the next revenue event, uh, or the super block. Yeah.
0: That leads to a sort of a question. I don't think I remember to pre screen or whatever, but of, so obviously dash core group pays a lot out in fiat because just you know that's how things go but uh, i'm sure a lot of especially developers would prefer to be paid straight in dash and do you know kind of what that breakdown is or just whatever whatever visibility like yeah i'm sure you got a few people trying to be paid straight in dash right
1: yeah so there are a few people that are paid straight in dash um we also have partnered with deal so Mm -hmm. um when we hire subcontractors and or hire employees outside of the u.s mm-hmm. they onboard through our program with deal deal is a peo professional employment organization Onboard through
0: your deal with deal as
1: it were yeah exactly exactly <laughs> and um we actually were you know as part of the condition of joining their platform we requested that we get integrated um dash gets integrated as a Form of payment on their platform. So you know they just announced in their kind of newsletter to all the, you know, all the people who use Deal um, back in December that you know you can get paid out in Bitcoin, Solana, or Dash, right? So all of their mm-hmm. subcontractors on that platform can get paid in in that form too. And you know, Bitcoin, I know Solana, some or of Dash,
0: the... that's an interesting. Sorry. You said yeah. In the, that's an interesting collection of three options. You have yeah. the number one market crypto market asset. Right. You have the very much uncrowned king of the payment space in crypto, which is Dash, mm-hmm. you know, but like way down the coin market cap, list, like, where would that even come up yeah. without Bitcoin cash or Litecoin? And then you have Solana, which is another, you know, big gorilla in the, in the room, but um, is just is new and it's not the top. I don't even know it's a top five. I don't know exactly where we're at as far as today. But definitely would have been like Ethereum or something. It's right. very strange. Um, do you know if did Dash Core Group have any role in convincing them to take Dash? Because if if so, then I can imagine Solana specifically reached out as well, and it just Bitcoin, and then the other two just jumped in on their own.
1: I think that's what happened. But then when we did speak to Deal and we mentioned to them, you know, mm-hmm. how cheap it is to use Dash, and then with our onboarding person, we actually had him download the wallet and, you know, sent him a couple of bucks in Dash. He was like, sell,
0: huh?"
1: (laughs) this is is incredible, right? He got so excited Mm -hmm. and then he was like, and I'm not paying the fees I've been paying on all these other networks, right? So it was was pretty, once we showed it to him, it was really easy for him to go to kind of the leadership team and kudos to them for being like, hey, we wanna get into crypto and Dash, yeah, we know Dash absolutely let's integrate them right yeah so kudos to them for kind of being flexible in the space and saying you know let's consider it and see if we can do it and yeah Mm -hmm. they they basically integrated that and i think it flows through coinbase right um because they don't want to actually have to host any of the infrastructure or the wallets or anything so the disadvantage there is that you know coinbase probably charges like one or percent or percent and, and a half to run that program so you lose a little bit of money on the fees there but but nonetheless you know being you want to always be integrated in more places um and yeah. have people using dash and getting paid in dash as well you know
0: i know uh coinbase has their own direct deposit kind of thing so mm-hmm. yeah, i'm sure a lot of people use the coinbase api so uh before we go on to like other things start thinking about other stuff that i haven't said that you want to say but in the meantime we got a um <laughs> a question from one time which you know hi one time um which is a very long question no, i would not say long i wouldn't say very long but it's a long question controversial possibly and with a lot of speculation stuff so just gonna throw it out there if you're like yep. uh yeah i don't know i think we should think about stuff before answering that and then we'll we'll do that on the call or whatever the quarter recovery okay. but anyway he says hi joel and glenn with the timing of all the great things coming soon i think the whole dash community can voluntarily coordinate a sustained long-lasting pump in the price of dash <laughs> that's the, the controversial you know basis for this i think it's extremely undervalued and anyone including dcg who sells at the current market price is drastically undervaluing dash which is unfortunate but selling lows understandable and obviously necessary to keep operations and development going strong. The following questions are completely theoretical and hypothetical, just to explore curious ideas. If a DCG monthly treasury proposal doesn't ever doesn't pass, what exactly would that mean? Would operations then continue normally using your fiat reserves? Would it be taken as a single as a signal to make fiscal and or operational changes? Would that be a correct assumption or how would you know? Oh, I'm, obviously, we'll, we'll just get through these questions and then see where, where we end up being. Uh, what if the network majority actually intended decided to defund DCG for a single month, not as a signal to make any operational changes, but simply to temporarily relieve Dash's sell pressure as part of a community-coordinated price pump strategy? Let DCG burn through some of their fiat reserves temporarily instead of dumping Dash, as it were. Constrain available supply until the price goes higher to a new normal level. Um, Would DCG oppose or have a problem with the network trying to coordinate a price pump? Would a one-month depletion of reserves put DCG back into a precarious financial situation? Alternatively, what if the network majority of MNOs, instead of defunding DCG, requested that instead of dumping Dash for fiat, DCG should make should keep one month's treasury reward held in dash pay employees who require fiat by using dcg fiat reserves like during that one during that one month would dcg consider an idea like that as part of a major coordinated effort to surge the price of dash yeah i we said and fair warning by one time that it's you know very hypothetical and also controversial but just it's fun to get out there do you have any random thoughts about any of that stuff
1: wow random thoughts okay first <laughs> definitely not into manipulating markets right mm-hmm. um so that i wouldn't be that excited about um mm-hmm. the second thought there is dash core group doesn't end up getting that much of the supply right It there, there's this appearance that dash core group actually suppresses um, maybe the price by liquidating every month. But if you think about it, there's what 10 mm-hmm. 12 million, I'm not sure you probably can correct me how many dash are outstanding now somewhere between 10 and 12 a, little, a
0: little over 10, I think or in the 10, entire right. supply. And um, as, as far as the block rewards concerned, DCG consumes 6%. Right. And so 6% out- of new dash of new dash and a very small percentage of outstanding dash. Now of that 6%, how much of it ends up being one we could call liquidated immediately? Uh, Because I'm sure a lot of it goes to people and things that don't necessarily liquidate initially, even if DCG gets rid of it.
1: So 30%, I would say of the dash that we receive, we end up using to pay expenses and invoices. And then 70% gets liquidated over the course of a month. So yeah. you're talking a really small supply, like
0: five, four 5% of the new yeah. dash. Grade.
1: Marginally, it won't really move the needle. I think mm-hmm. this would apply. This question applies more to, you know, some of the projects out there where the team gave itself 30 or 40% of the total supply of the tokens, right? Or like seventy percent, like Smart
0: Cash used to.
1: Yeah. So, and those are immediately like, and they can liquidate those immediately. In, in that sense, mm-hmm. yes. Now the team definitely can. I don't want to use the word manipulate, but the price is definitely could have an effect on the. They price. have an effect on the price of the team uh, of, of the underlying token. With Dash Core Group, it's six percent of newly. Um, created Dash. I, I just don't see how that kind of moves the needle.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And I think about price pumps as far as like market manipulation. It's very obvious that this happens, by the way. And mm-hmm. it started to sort of come together a little more when I start seeing um, certain Twitter accounts uh, on Bitcoin specifically because they have the higher visibility all coordinate in weird ways where hmm. uh, like there's a, a, like there's a 7% inflation announced in for fiat. And they say like Bitcoin has, there's one tweet they put out that said Bitcoin has 0% inflation, which is not really true, but <laughs> I think they meant that after the 21 million is created, there would be 0% inflation, but it's still like, and then I saw so many Twitter accounts saying the exact same thing it's funny and on another one i can't remember exactly which one but some new announcement there was oh these are all over half a million follower counts like bitcoin magazine documenting bitcoin and some other bitcoin one as well as the winklevoss twins in their own versions of this and charlie schramm and a couple others all at the same time say the like the exact same basic message and it's. And it, not not in a way to where you think that they're all managed by the same social media manager or anything like that, but it's there's clearly some coordinated Twitter-wide, trendy-wide, trending-wide messaging going on to oh. kind of do this sort of thing. And from underco- uncovering a lot of the El Salvador news and what it really means, it's there's a lot of stuff that was I would say deliberately hidden in order to do this kind of stuff. So and that's just Bitcoin, which is. I wouldn't say the least manipulated, but it's one of the harder to manipulate on the whole. As the And uh, as f- the problem with manipulation is if you could just make free money out of nothing, everyone would be doing it, right? You can't just, mm-hmm. you know, you can do a, a occasional pump, but then there's crashes, like the, the great Dash hype pump of 2017, which was not, I would say, orchestrated by the Dash community at all. It was just people found out they could make a lot of money on a masternode. And then... Yeah, and so it's pretty crazy. So my thought on this, and I'm sure you'd agree with this, and then um, Ryan Gull has a, a question after that. My thought on the price pump stuff is absolutely we should pump the price. But by that, what I mean is we should drive use cases plus users in a way where people actually have an incentive to buy Dash. And it's not a speculative incentive. It's not like, Well, if i buy this it might go up because then they dump if it might go down where people have an expectation of profiting either through direct monetary means or through use cases by having dash like for example if people can save five ten percent on dash direct and they'd rather buy it they'd be like "Okay, well this does not inflate like the us dollar so we're going to buy this and then we're going to save and so then you have constant buy pressure to buy dash to spend it as money or on the, the MasterCard integration thing where people want to be able to live unbanked off crypto, you know, because people like me might have made it cool. But then they just wanna then they even though there's not a monetary value, there's a it's a big value to them to do it. And so they're going to buy Dash no matter what. It's maybe not if it crashes to nothing, but they're gonna buy it and sustain the price. Or if people can do one click staking in the wallet for, you know, CrowdNode, or they can provide liquidity on Thorchain. Chain and they can make returns on their dash and they buy dash to make returns. All that stuff puts pressure in. And like for example today if you stake if you provide liquidity for BUSD, the Binance USD token on Thorchain, it's over 60% APY as of today. It's pretty Gosh. insane. And I don't think that's sustainable and it's 50% exposure to the Rune token at the same time. However, mm-hmm. there could there's just a lot of things like that that once you you give people a reason to buy Dash, then you start pumping the price, right? And then enough people see that and then they start speculating on it. And then they start saying, oh, well, Dash is going places. I better buy some. It's so cheap right now. And that's kind of how you do it. You do it on real growth, on real value, not on, I guess, like orchestrated stuff. And understanding is not a criticism at all to one time, obviously. It's a... It's just an interesting thought to put out there. I think that's, I'm very grateful to have that in people's minds because, you know, it's good to have that there. But that's just my thought. I don't know if you have the same thought.
1: Largely aligned with you, yes.
0: Okay. Now, do you have an, like a hard out in like one minute?
1: Um, I could probably go five minutes over. So, all um, right. Yeah.
0: Let me hit this last question there from Ryan Gull. Do sure. we pay taxes on the reserve amount
1: itself or just when we add to the reserves? So that's a great question. We pay taxes when we add to the reserve, right? So mm-hmm. if in our, in, if we start the fiscal year with $3 million in reserves, right? And then we end the fiscal year with $3 million in reserves and we generated no net income through that period, which, mm-hmm. you know, the, the lack of growth in reserves would imply we pay mm-hmm. zero taxes, right? So yeah. scenario where we reach our 12 month reserve target and mm-hmm. we request from the network, only the break even amount in that scenario, we would not be paying taxes for that year. So yeah. that's the goal, right? That's where Dash Core group wants to go. We, we pay our taxes upfront as we build up that reserve. Once we reach steady state, we're done paying taxes.
0: Mm. So basically, uh, the act of increase, adding to the reserve, take drawing down the reserve, and then readding later, and all that kind of all that mm-hmm. up and down, it's costly, right?
1: Um, or or does I, the
0: drawing I, down constitute losses that then you can write off, for example? Exactly. So. Okay.
1: Yeah, it's just the absolute amount of reserve you build up over the years mm-hmm. that get taxed. And since we don't want to go above a certain number in terms of months, um, I I expect our taxes over the medium to long term to approach zero.
0: Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a good prospect, especially because a lot of people in the crypto community aren't, aren't big fans of adding to the inflation, you know, the... They're, they're not a big fan of the inflation they don't want to add to all the, like, the tax structure as much as yeah. they can so right. that's no, pretty that good was
1: so a, that was a great question and yeah i am glad he asked for that clarification i'll be sure to include that in the next quarterly call too. that that distinction because it is important
0: well any final thoughts as we have run up to the end anything else you want the community to know or that you're excited about you did mention the quarterly call should be in a couple weeks right
1: Yeah, so I'm excited about that. Um, I wish we did get to, you know, some of the legal and regulatory Mm -hmm. issues that we've been dealing with. Um, Some more around governance as well. I think that's Mm -hmm. gonna be a hot topic for um, the Dash Network in 2022. So again, probably could have had this conversation over the course of three hours, because there's so many interesting and fun topics to cover, but you know, Guess every we'll, we'll do an two hour for now we try to do this again sometime soon
0: every two weeks there's one of these yeah, hopefully i can go. get Arden on next week next two weeks right. i mean but then right. in a month from now after the quarterly call it might be good and yeah we'll start scheduling out and yeah there's always a pleasure to have you on you always yep. very precise and communicative about a lot of things of a lot of value and yeah i think um i hope the the community seems to be very happy about this so yeah. Thanks for very much for being on and enjoy the rest of your day.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And sorry. My, my connection dropped there a couple of times. So it's all right. Hopefully it wasn't too disruptive.
0: All right. Well, all right. I can, I'll just give a few parting words after you, after you go out of here. So don't, okay. don't, don't feel like you need to stick around, but okay. yeah, thanks for being on.
1: Thank you. Bye-bye. All
0: right. Now let me stop that. All right. So, thanks to everyone for watching. It's been a great podcast. Um, one thing that, as we mentioned, that was very um, that we're talking about stuff we're excited about. One of those things is, of course, the uh, release of Dash Direct's virtual Mastercard. Now, this is uh, if you've been hanging around the community in like the Discord channels and Reddit and Twitter and stuff, I'm sure you've seen something to this effect. But let me just be really clear on that. Uh, so dash direct which is the app that lets you basically spend dash almost anywhere or most big box type stores in the u.s and hopefully soon to graduate to other areas uh, that is they're adding a functionality very soon is in this month is in within the next couple of weeks hopefully uh, that basically gives a virtual mastercard you can spend anywhere mastercard is accepted which means just about everywhere right and so basically this will allow anyone to just be able to spend Dash everywhere now, basically in the U S to start out with, with this one app, which is pretty huge. It means that anyone can sort of live off of crypto, kind of like I've been doing and the more important bit is it's non-custodial. Means you don't have to hold it. You don't have to leave them with a balance on the app or the card. Like let's just say a Crypto.com card or a BitPay card or a Uphold card or something like that. You can just hold all your balance not only in Dash but in Dash that you control in your own private keys in any wallet, and only move over literally at the moment of the point of sale to whatever you need to buy, and that's a that's huge, right? Anyone, no KYC. You you don't have to give your ID. You don't have to give up custody or funds. You you can spend privately. It doesn't have to be a name on the card or anything. That's going to be live extremely soon. And that is hugely, that is very exciting. And as I was alluding to, things that could like drive up the price of Dash would be people buying it for the purpose of being able to live off of it as intended. So uh, the group that I'm a part of, the Dash Marketing Hub, is obviously going to help start promoting this kind of stuff. However, We're also putting in a supplemental proposal to uh, basically ask for, I think it's been decided on an extra hundred dash to market this directly to more like YouTube audience and other things like that. Basically provide that extra bit of actual paid reach to make sure this makes a splash in the world before we have competitors and things like that. Like other cryptocurrencies, either adopt similar things or engage with Crepe to get their own app built or something like that to basically make the most of this head start Dash has on actually being useful 100% as digital cash in the U.S. at least. And so, yeah, if you are a member of the voting public, please go and vote for these two proposals. Thank you. If you're not a member of the voting public, definitely at least use the crap out of this app when it comes out. When the integration comes out, we need as many people making noise around it as possible. And the marketing hub does have a bounty to just reward random con- contributions. So if you just run out there and you're tweeting all over the place about this thing and you're getting a lot of attention, you're just making a bunch of videos unprompted, you know, of yourself spending this, you're getting on somebody's show that, you know, and you're talking about it, we will have like a reward to like throw at people like that, you know, to recognize voluntary contributions. But there will also of course be a lot of other bounties around this. So yeah, look forward to that in either way. And if you're a voting member, please vote for the proposals and more importantly dash is digital cash, decentralized digital cash. You don't need anyone's permission to use. So the more of this actually gets used, the better and truer it kind of is. So thanks everyone for watching. Please like comment, share, or subscribe. If you enjoyed this coin, tr.e slash the desert links and leave a nice little donation. in. of course you can throw me something on discord or whatever else as I already seen some people are doing. Thank you very much. And yeah, Next week, we're back to our schedule programming for the Digital Cash Rundown. Two weeks from today will be another Dash podcast. So thanks everyone for watching. And yeah, I will see you guys in one week or two weeks. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe so you don't miss an episode and donate to support the show by going to my Cointree page. That's cointr.ee slash the desert links and leave a message with your donation. Check out the show's sponsors. Live on crypto with BitRefill. Buy absolutely anything with crypto with Shop Bit. Avoid content censorship with Odyssey. Protect your privacy online with NordVPN. Get paid to search with PreSearch. All links are in the show notes.